Welcome to How to Rock the Stage Show, a show committed to equipping you to hone your media skills better to stand out from the crowd as a go-to expert in your field. Each week, Rich Montreger interviews top leaders, influencers, authors, speakers, podcasters, and media professionals about how to leverage media best to help you shine brighter on camera and stage as a go-to expert. Now, here's your host, The Trigger, Rich Montrager. Well, due to the technical difficulties, you may have missed part of the introduction, but we're here anyways. Hey, that happens sometimes when you're going live. Hi, good evening. Welcome. It's The Trigger, Rich Montrager from Rock the Stage Media. Back on another Wednesday night, we are live multiple streaming on many different platforms because we want to expand the reach. And we're always here to help you shine on camera, shine on stage, help you elevate you and your brand. We have many different guests. And tonight, it's all about LinkedIn. LinkedIn is one of the premier channels that I use to elevate what we do at Rock Stage Media. It's one of the best business platforms to be on, but it's always changing. There's always something new going on with LinkedIn, and you have to stay on your toes. Plus, if you're new to LinkedIn, there's a lot of things you may not be aware of, and you may be treating it one way. When you should treat it another way, you might want to weave another way. We're going to get deeply into that tonight. And by the way, we do want to thank the National Speakers Association for being our sponsor here at How to Rock the Stage. Every Wednesday night, the NSA is proudly partnering with us to make this show possible as we partner with them to work with their new show, called Behind the Stage. So thank you for the National Speakers Association for making it possible to be streaming with you tonight. Tonight, we do have a LinkedIn expert with us. Mary Wu is a LinkedIn whisperer. Say it very quiet with me. She helps solopreneurs and small businesses owners increase their online visibility using LinkedIn. Through her group programs, small classes, and one-on-one consulting, Mary helps her clients increase their business using LinkedIn. Mary is a woman, a mom, a grandma, a wife, a dog lover, a volunteer, an air frying appetizer artist. Now, we got to know about that. We got to know about what that's all about. Mary Wu, welcome to Rock the Stage tonight. Good to see you. Thank you so much. I am so glad to be here today. So I wasn't going to start with LinkedIn Whisper, but we're going to go to the air fryer. How do you get that title? Um, Many titles have been given to me. I have an air fryer, and sometimes it's just fun when friends are over to get little snacks and little tidbits to have. So one of my friends is a vegetarian, and I'm not. So it was kind of fun to start trying out, what can I do with cauliflower? What can I do with tofu? And it just became a title for me. So, you know, it might be your Super Bowl party. Oh, okay. There we go. So you're the one that's bringing all the goodies. Make sure the party's all going to be happening and having a good time, right? Yes. <laughs> now, you are a LinkedIn expert. This is where you thrive and shine with your superpower. But LinkedIn whisper. I'm used to being one of those guys, you know, if I'm going to coach somebody, I'm going to make a little bit of noise. But how do you get LinkedIn whisper out of this? Because I learn things and then I pass them on. I kind of like pay attention to the LinkedIn grapevine. The interesting thing about LinkedIn, they don't necessarily publish everything that changes. So you sort of have to keep your ear to the ground. And then I will tell the people that work with me what's going on. So that's extremely true. I've been using LinkedIn for years. I love it. 
Uh, basically, I tell people it's on from the moment I get up till sometimes after I go to bed. That's how I use LinkedIn. I, I eat from this. It's a powerful resource. But you're right. People are not aware of all the subtle changes. And we were talking in the green room that one of those changes recently is it used to be very easy to pop out, go to another website, come back. But now they literally have a stop sign. Do you really want to leave LinkedIn before you exit on that link? Did they tell people that in advance? Was there a warning of that? Or was that one of those surprises? Um, I did not see it announced anywhere. There is no place to land to find out what's new on LinkedIn. There are about four different ways LinkedIn works with the advertising, with people that are looking for jobs, with people that are using it for business to business networking. They can't necessarily say all the changes to all the people. Some people aren't interested in all of them, just their own range. I want to know it all. <laughs> <laughs> so LinkedIn has been around. Facebook, LinkedIn, they've, they've been kind of for a long time. They were kind of in competition, sort of. But Facebook's gone a different direction. LinkedIn definitely is the business platform built for business people. But what about the new generation, the younger generation? Is LinkedIn really for them? Because it's pretty established as a business platform. It is established as a business platform. And one of the things I do, I encourage students. From the time you are 16, you can have a LinkedIn profile. And I encourage people to start then. We know, because we've been around the block maybe once, that it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yes. And then it's who their connections are. The 16-year-olds don't quite understand how that works yet, but if they keep their connections they're getting now while they're in high school, while they're doing work in the community, and they have these people still in their back pocket 10 years from now when they're on the search for a job, it's amazing. Oh, your cousin works at the company I want to go to. Can you introduce me to him? Well, and one of the things that I learned early on is, and I've shared this openly, I came in, okay, this is professional. I'm coming in, I'm going to put on my tie, my suit, my, my, my business mindset to be on LinkedIn. I'm going to approach that way. What I found was I did not get the traction that I have now until I turned it into personal relationship, business second. Is that still true today or has that even changed again? That is even more true today. We know people do business with people and they do business with people that they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. You have to bring some of your personality in. Otherwise, they won't know you. And people will connect with somebody because you went to the same school or because I love my air fryer too. <laughs> it just all depends. But the more those little tidbits that you don't slam people with them, but dribble them out. They'll be attracted to that. Like attracts like. Can you have too much personality? I've been told to tone it down sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, don't. Please don't. <laughs> and it's interesting is the people with really large personalities tend to get great followings. There you go. Turn it on. Smile. Have a good time, everybody. You as long as turning it on is you. Yes, be authentic because it will get busted somewhere out there. What's your favorite feature of all the different LinkedIn features out there? What's your favorite? Um, somebody asked me that today in a comment section, and I was like, I'm not answering that. 
I wouldn't tell you who my favorite child is. I will not tell you what my favorite Tennessee whiskey is. But I will say that the feature that seems to be the most misunderstood and underused is the comment section. Now, recently, I just learned a new one that if you just give a thumb, an emoji, a smiley face, wherever, or one word, it really doesn't help the prison's algorithm that you're helping to support. It's five words or more before LinkedIn recognizes it as being a value. Is that true? It is five words or more. I've also heard 10 words. But the other magic when you're commenting with words, people see them. But also the three most important things about you are there. Your name, your photo, and your headline. So every time you comment, people will see that. If you just hit that emoji, nobody's going to know who did it unless they dig through to find out. Now, you never want to overtake and kidnap someone else's thread. But there are ways to share a, a thread within it, a link within it, to support the thread. That's not hijacking, but it's adding value. Can you talk about how to do that without being disruptive? How to add value without being, don't like, um, okay, a lot of the people that I manage to be connected with on LinkedIn are also LinkedIn experts. So I'm not going to be in, the, I might support something they say, but I'm not going to say, and then call me if you need help. Because I know these are Jillian's people, or these are John's people. Yes, yes, he's brilliant. Isn't he brilliant? Or, and I also found, but not, not hijacking. We, we don't like that. Feel free tonight as you're following along, uh, drop a question in the chat, uh, uh, a supportive statement, whatever you want to do. Mary Wu is with us tonight. LinkedIn Whisper, uh, the expert on LinkedIn here tonight. Um, how does a business owner keep track of the social media platforms changing? Because they are changing all the time and they never change at the same time. They always seem like, okay, we're going to do ours. We're going to do ours. Oop, we did ours. It's really confusing right now. Well, depending on who you are, if you're the kind of a business that can afford it, hire people to run it that understand all the platforms. And you might have to bring in one of the companies where they have multiple people keeping track of all the platforms. But if you're a solopreneur, if you're a micropreneur, figure out where you get the best results and stay in your lane. So is there such a person that understands all the different mediums right now? Because I haven't found them. Usually they're good at one and the other. They're good at TikTok and Instagram. Those are similar. Or they're good at Facebook and LinkedIn. But finding someone to cover a lot of the bases is very hard. That's why you go with a shop. There are a lot of shops out there that will have teams that work together and the teams know different platforms. But if they're looking for someone for LinkedIn, besides calling you, what's the best way to find help out there to stay on top of, I mean, the banners are changing, the links are changing. It used to be underneath my profile, I could put my, a link to my homepage. They've now have severed that link and it just goes down to the experience down below. So how does someone on LinkedIn help us and where should we go? One of the things that I've started, which is, I think is kind of brilliant. And I haven't figured out the timeline on this. This idea came to me a few weeks ago. Every six, six to eight weeks, I'm going to be doing a short 30 minute webinar. What's new on LinkedIn. And when I had the idea, the first fear that came up, because, you know, we're, we're entrepreneurs. When you get an idea, you get a fear that goes with it, was 
am I going to be able to sustain this? There were 900 changes on LinkedIn last year. I don't think I have a problem. They will hand me the content and I will pass it out. What are some of the things we should look in for an expert on LinkedIn or what are some of the traps or keywords of things that they misrepresent? Can you give us any advice to sniff this out a little bit better? Um, true story. One of um, the people I work with, her team wanted her to go to Fiverr to find some help with LinkedIn. And yep. she had worked with me in an earlier era and wanted to work with me now. And she and I were talking and we hopped over to Fiverr saw the people, the two people that had the highest ratings on Fiverr for LinkedIn, hopped over to LinkedIn and looked at their profiles. They were very inactive. And you cannot train somebody how to use LinkedIn if you're not on the platform. That's very true. That's very true. And then true. another thing that's interesting, you might notice, um, people that hang out on LinkedIn kind of hang out with LinkedIn people. And the ones that aren't, the ones that aren't talking with the other LinkedIn experts, I wonder where are they getting new information? You know, if you think you're the smartest person on LinkedIn, um, you're not. <laughs> I'm not. None of us are. We all need each other. So when I first came in, groups were really big on LinkedIn. It seemed like the groups on LinkedIn have kind of dissolved, but newsletters are doing better that way. What are some of the changes that we should look for, or maybe we're not even aware that we should get caught up on speed now? One really awesome thing that happened last year, 20, yeah, 2022, they brought in creator mode. Yes. So one of my action steps for anybody that happens to listen to this is make sure you turn on creator mode because that allows you to access LinkedIn Live. It allows you to access audio events and it allows you to have a newsletter. And if I connect with somebody on LinkedIn and they have a newsletter, the next thing I will get automatically from LinkedIn is a, do you want to subscribe to their newsletter? So you mentioned LinkedIn Live. I get more questions on that because every day I'm here at 2 p.m. live. I'm here with the show and other things that I do for clients and partners. But LinkedIn Live does not integrate with Zoom. It does not integrate with Zoom. It but they do have other platforms, right? It does um, restream. Oh, StreamYard. There's um, OSB, I think it is. Yeah, you have I to look them up and figure out one of the tricks for somebody that is not technically savvy is find out if one of the people in your networking group or in your mastermind group uses a platform and they're willing to spot you somehow because or get really good training. Right, because LinkedIn Live is powerful. It can be used amazingly to expand your reach, get seen, get heard, and create content that you can repurpose and repurpose. It's a great way to do it. And why use content once? Right. Just cut, 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 and replace and replace. By the way, again, we want to say thank you to uh, the National Speaker Association for making this all possible here tonight, the NSA. And again, coming up later on this month, we'll have our streaming show behind the stage with the National Speakers Association, all part of our relationship with Rock the Stage Media. Mary Wu with us tonight. And Mary, what are maybe some of the pitfalls to avoid on LinkedIn? What are the things that can either get you in jail or have people turn away from what you're trying to achieve? A um, couple of things that I know people that have gotten in trouble for this. 
using an emoji in your name could potentially get you put in LinkedIn jail. I have seen this happen, but I've only seen this happen with people with really big followings. So I have kind of this suspicion that it is against their terms, but I don't think they look for it. But if people report it, they pay attention. And the larger your following gets, the more there are people there that are going to be jealous of you. And if there are people that are jealous of you, they're going to try to undercut you. That's a real good way to undercut somebody. Make them lose 25% of their following when they come back in. And the yeah. following's done. See, thank you for chiming in tonight from LinkedIn. Someone tracked along LinkedIn tonight and they do have their creator mode on. And it is a great new addition to what they offer. It really is powerful, but you do have to learn a little, a few things about it, like which software they use to be able to stream. Um, newsletters are kind of fun because you can do it with video embedded. You can do it with just text embedded. You can do it with a banner embedded. They're adding a lot of creative elements. And it seems like LinkedIn is trying to catch up to the video age here a little bit, aren't they? They are because they know video plays well. I do not see a whole lot of those uh, fluffy videos like you get on TikTok or Instagram. Reels. There's no dancing on LinkedIn. There's, you know, there's no dance moves going on. I did it once on a video for, I promised somebody I would for something. And it was just a little bit of a, you know, that. But this was not one of those TikTok things with a whole bunch of people behind me. You know, but it would be interesting to see if someone broke the tradition and actually did something like that and had a post that supported it. It would be fun to see if someone really went outside of the box and then had good content to support it. I cannot remember his name. Look for the banana guy. There is a guy that's doing it. He does like stop motion stuff. And this got him a job, I believe, at Lego. If you're creative, people will find you and they like creatives. What? But you can't do it unless you're doing it right. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there is still an etiquette to this, no matter what you do with it. Um, let's talk about the, people still call it the resume. It's not the resume. It's the experience section. A lot of people will treat it though like a resume. They do it very linear. And I've had other coaches and people tell me, highlight what you want to highlight about yourself. Do not make it a resume. No one cares. Make it into what makes you unique and stands out. Is that still accurate? If you are using LinkedIn for building your business, that is accurate. If you are using LinkedIn for job search, you might have to do it a little bit differently. So what would be the nuances? for? Because I, I haven't had a job search for a long time. So what, what are some of the nuances for those job searching? One of the big tricks is to make sure even if you're working for somebody, you can hide this somewhere in there using the word seeking talks to the bots. So if you put anywhere in there in your about section or in one of your experience section, the word seeking, the bots that the um, hiring people are looking for, look for that word. So now that you're mentioning keywords, what are some of the most powerful keywords right now? to get some traction for those that are seeking jobs. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're going to put in your industry, something like that, but are there any other keywords that help kick the engine a little bit higher? The keywords would be industry specific usually, but seeking is one of those big ones and using words that shows success that you have brought to a 
previous company. I raised something by a certain percent. So when somebody looks at it, there if there's measurable things in your up in your job section, in your experience mm-hmm. section, that makes a difference. Now I've I've heard the debate. Skills are not important. Testimonials are not important. Skills are very important. Testimonials. Where does all that stuff? That's lower down in the presentation. Personally, I love the testimonials, but do they really play anymore? The great things about the recommendations is they are, people are saying nice things about you and they're public. So I will often use recommendations that I get. I'll make quotes out of them. I'm redoing my website. Some of those are going to be going up on my website. Yep. When people say nice things about you, let other people know. That's very true. Instead of just letting it sit on one page, repurpose, 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 I'm, they've given you permission publicly to use it. You have fair right to use it, right? Yes, because it's public. I will typically, you know, pop somebody a little note saying, thank you. I'm going to be using this in other areas. Is that okay? And I've never had anybody say no. Now, Lincoln's global. Is there differences when you interface with global parts of LinkedIn, like French and U.S., uh, you know, Canadian, the U.S., not, not a big deal, but, but you get to South Africa, U.S., are we dealing with different interfaces, communication styles, things like that? There are slight communication styles anywhere, and there are different etiquettes. Then there will also sometimes be translations. And one of the things where it gets really interesting is time. Because you have an event and all of a sudden you've got to start thinking, who do you want at your event? And what time should that event be? Or what day of the week? Because if you have the international dateline, you really get all messed up. <laughs> I know. I have some um, customers in Australia. Like, what day is this? <laughs> I'm so confused. So how is tomorrow? Yes. How is tomorrow? When you mention events, thank you for bringing that up. I do a lot of events and I use LinkedIn's event. Now, plenty of time lately they've been plugged in from Restream coming through there. Other times they're through Zoom or other things. Sometimes LinkedIn changes the time, even though I've entered it correctly here, when it carries over the LinkedIn, it changes the time. And I have to manually go back and mess with it. Is that intentional? Because I'm using something like this, or is this software? I, it might be software. And here's a question. Has that happened recently, like a before and after the time change kind of thing? It was happening before the time change. I haven't noticed yet this week. Right. So if you had scheduled something last week for this week, the time would be different, kind of, sort of. Um, actually, no, no. This goes back weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh, yeah, months, then I, you know, yeah it, it was like it would be you know, half the day difference in time. It would be like, if I'm doing a 2 p.m. live, it would say nine o'clock in the evening. It was like, and but everywhere else was fine. Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, everywhere else is fine, but LinkedIn would sometimes change that. So one of the things we noticed is when something starts working wrong in a certain area, it often means that updates are coming. Like all of a sudden, this is not working right. Oh, cool, they're gonna be changing something. We'll notice changes after that. You've got fans dropping in here, Mary. Hi, Stacy. 
<laughs> it's fun when we can do this and check in all over the place and be on many channels at one time. What are some of the things that you're hearing that might be coming down? Give us some inside whisper stuff here now of what's coming with Lincoln. Please tell us what's coming. I'll tell you one thing I noticed, and I am not 100% sure if this is going to happen. I was commenting on, in a comment thread, commenting on a comment from a second connection. And all of a sudden, this thing popped up that said, do you want to connect with this person? And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. It went away, and I've never been able to make it happen again. But that was about two weeks ago. So we're sort of suspecting that some changes might be coming in that area. So just like Facebook does, do you know, based on your other connections, and they'll bring somebody up and say, and then you can expand your connection. LinkedIn might be going that direction, maybe? Well, this was specifically a comment I was making. So I was interacting mm -hmm. with this person and they're like, well, ah. why don't you connect? And then it went away. Okay. Um, another cool thing they've done, if you've got creator mode and you have your talks about, yep. you can search the filters by what a person talks about. So if I want to look for somebody that talks about podcasting, I can search for somebody that talks about podcasting if they've got that in their creator mode. Now that's on a different page. You have to get out of your standard page and go to that deeper search mechanism. You can do states and cities, and that's that's pretty deep mining. I've I've tried it, and it's like my mind blows up after a while. It's fun to play with it if you're a weird geek. <laughs> <laughs> what about the connection side? Because I've heard some people say first connections, you you can really fly back and forth and have easy relationship conversations. When it comes to third level connections, be a little bit cautious of being too personal, too interactive, too quick. What would you recommend on that first, second, third connectivity of how you should play and conduct yourself? It all So if you're a third connection from mine and you show up in my message box and you're trying to sell me your Bitcoin or your whatever it is, you're not gonna get anywhere. <laughs> However, if you show up in somebody's comment section and are doing those five to 10 word comments that add value, then you start being noticed. And one other interesting thing about the connections, your posts will typically go to your first connections. Your newsletters will typically go to your second connections. They'll get, they'll get that quicker. Oh. It's like you have a little bit different weight of who sees things. I don't know why that is. It's just the way the algamabob runs now, now facebook made a change recently and on they've gone to kind of a creator mode i can't remember what they call professional mode i think what they actually called it but on that now i can change who my posts go to sometimes it will default to my best friends family and friends or whatever if i want to go the global often i have to intentionally go that and pull it down and switch the global is that going that direction in LinkedIn, do you think? That some of those are also going to do that? I don't think they're going to. They want you to talk to people. LinkedIn wants you to be public. It is kind of difficult to turn off public posts. and have You can have things just go to groups, but it's very hard to um, get them to do that. I know Beth, too. <laughs> and she stumbled on in. That's why we're on many platforms at one time live. And so we can have a greater reach. That's a great example right there of, hey, look what you found. 
thanks for dropping in tonight and uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, Mary, what would you say to someone that came to you and says they've never been active on LinkedIn before? They have no idea what they're doing. What would be some early advice to give them as they create that first profile? The things that people see, the first things they see. So we have the attention span of a goldfish, about six seconds. And the first things you see are the banner photo, the profile photo, the name, the headline, and if you're in creator mode, the talks about. They'll decide from there what else they're going to look at. And the other thing is typically more than, I think it's 57% of people are looking on their phone. So you have to make sure not only that it looks good on a desktop, but that it also looks good on a phone. So you can't have too many words in there so that when somebody picks up their phone, they can't read it because you've got six seconds. And that's a great point. The interface is different on the phone. Sometimes you reply, what you can do on a laptop is different than what you can do on the phone. Some of the things you read and see, the different devices do give you a different view and commentary, don't you? And you've just got to be able to make it so that it's happy everywhere. I just, dropped, I, I just dropped in the chat uh, Mary's contact information. You want to make sure you grab that and, of course, connect with her on LinkedIn. Uh, she would love to hear from that. What are some special projects, things you got going on that we can uh, follow up with you and learn more about? Well, you mentioned earlier that I – and this is – it's in my bio, so it's there – that I have one-on-one -on -one consulting, I have a group program, and I have classes. The, inter the exciting thing right now is my daughter just had a first baby – so I'm not going to be doing classes until the baby's a little bit bigger because he's living in this house and there's so much going on. So the only way you can work with me is one-on-one -on -one or through my group program right now. Or hop in on those um, what's new on LinkedIn webinars that I'm going to be having. So those since you mentioned a little baby, people are putting mostly business stuff on LinkedIn. Is there a room and space for you and your grandson, granddaughter, your best friend? Is there a space for the personal to come into the business? Um, since 2020, there is. 2020, we all got locked up and nobody was going outside and talking to anybody. And so we started talking to the people that we were talking with online. I would, I think I've placed two pictures of my grandson on LinkedIn and he's three months old. It's not something you do every day, but it's something that you can share once in a while. I had fun and did a reel with my dog learning how to use a new dog door. And I posted it on my own Instagram. And then I put in words about how this training the dog to come through the door is like training a customer to come into your thing. See, that's good use of content. Fun, humorous, educational, and you break it down for them. Very well done. Everybody likes when you put up a dog or a baby, but you can't waste it. Good point. Mary Wu, thanks for being with us tonight. She's a LinkedIn whisperer. Find her on LinkedIn. Reach out to her. Make sure you connect. She gave us these five, more than five amazing tips here to help you on LinkedIn. I do want to remind you, by the way, if you join us late here tonight as we're streaming live on many different platforms, you can go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the shows automatically drop in there. Now, we are adding that catalog and going bigger and bigger. There's also coaching videos, educational videos on how to rock the stage and how to show up on camera and shine, 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 because you and your brand matter more than ever. 
And if you want to, tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock Eastern time, this same show will be uploaded and ready to go on Apple, Spotify, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, many other podcasting sites. We are now repurposing our streaming TV show into How to Rock the Stage podcast. So if you missed any of this or you want to hear it again, go to YouTube, go to our podcast, hit the QR code here, and make sure that you join us uh, as we do this each and every Wednesday night. We're back here next week, 7 o'clock Eastern time, for another edition of How to Rock the Stage. Until then, I'm the Trigger, Rich Bontrager. Reach out, connect with me, rich at richbontrager.net. Go to LinkedIn, connect with me there, or just simply go to rocktostagemedia.com. We'll see you next week for another edition of How to Rock the Stage.